Good evening, good evening, everyone. I am so excited to be back for another episode of Chat and Chew. We've missed you all, but I promise you're in for a treat tonight. We have Brandon Cooper, the owner of Water Tree USA, a member of Dignit University, coming all the way from Dallas, Texas. He's a good friend of mine, and I just wanted to bring some male energy onto the show. So tune in, get your food, get your snacks, get your drinks, and enjoy this episode of Chat and Chew. Hello. What's happening? Wow, long time no see. I know, I know, I know. How you been? Good. I got to get you on my podcast just to hear from you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, okay. This, this whole thing is being recorded. I'm not, I'm not going to do it today. Yeah, we'll say that for after the recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hope, I hope everybody listening to this podcast knows what she just did. She just kind of swiped accountability on her. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to take ownership this time. I promise. Don't just say that because you're on record. Well, you know, I can edit it out. It's all up to you. Everybody on this podcast, I know who she really is. Oh, you know, Lord. Yeah, I actually, I want you to do like a. I want to give a shout out to Harold and Nicole for introducing <laughs> us because this is why we have this podcast tonight. It exactly is. Exactly is. I'm so glad that you joined us tonight. Yeah, I want everybody to get to know you. I think you're just such a beautiful spirit. You're a great black man doing great black things. So we're going to kind of talk about that. Yes, you are. So first and foremost, like I said, I want to thank Nicole and Harold for introducing us. I think we met like maybe two years ago now at yeah, TSU Homecoming. TSU Homecoming, yeah, yeah. I had no man. idea who this young alpha man was. I'm like, who he think? <laughs> who he think this yeah. No, you, I knew you had a lot going for yourself, so can you just kind of tell people, give them like a little background information and bring us up to speed for 2020? Okay, gotcha. So starting off, um, I'm 25, I was born May 4th, 1995 uh, in Grand Prairie, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little town right outside of the downtown area of Dallas. Mm -hmm. So basically, I went to South Grand Prairie High School, graduating class of 2013. After that, I chose to go to college at Dartmouth College, actually, so... Well, I chose to go to Ivy League school is kind of in high school uh, playing football. I had like 21 offers for more Ivy League and just looking at the scholarship opportunities. I've always uh, been stressed from a young age. Education is important and networking and getting to the next level and just exploring opportunities because football doesn't last long. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ivy League go by academic scholarships. So regardless if I quit the team, got hurt or anything, I was still in school. Mm-hmm. And when you start looking at more of kind of athletic scholarships instead of academic, you know, you have a lot of friends who are older than you and go to school one year and then their scholarship is taken away and now they're back at home. So yeah. I never wanted that to happen. And plus, uh, I really wanted to see what it was like, you know, on the other side, yeah. right? I wanted to kind of see, like, if all the myths were true, I wanted to see if the networking is true. And I really just wanted to challenge myself academically, yeah. right, and get in an uncomfortable environment. So uh, ultimately, I chose Dartmouth. I had Dartmouth, Penn, Yale, and Columbia, so I chose Dartmouth, went there. An educated um, was, black man. 
Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something Just like that. Little yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dartmouth is a little more art school. So, when I went there, uh, I majored in sociology, but I always knew I wanted to get into business. Right? Yeah. So, Dartmouth, uh, we were the smallest Ivy League school, 4,000 people, about 350 black students, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, during that time. Wow, was, I didn't know it was that small. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cornell was the biggest. Cornell might have, like, don't quote me on, like, 16,000 plus. Okay. So, wow. we're up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's like people up there. So, just up there, um, it was a lot of battles as far as football. Mm. Um, enjoy, enjoyed football there. We won the Ivy League Championship my yeah. junior year, fall 15, senior year, I was team captain. Um, and just being in an uncomfortable environment and forcing myself to adapt mm. um, around people who were different than I. So, Southern Prairie High School, most of my teammates were black or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and Dallas, was, right? It's mostly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then you're in a new environment, so just now, you're, the locker room conversations are different, right? Yeah. Like, we're out here, we're talking about politics, stocks, and different things like that. And um, It was even funny, like, a lot of people were talking about, yo, like, during winter break, I'm going this vacation, this vacation, this vacation. Yeah. I'm like, yo, like, I don't even have a passport, right? <laughs> so, it really kind of put a lot of things Exposure. into perspective. yeah. Yeah, and it opened my eyes to life after football. Um, and shout out Dartmouth Alpha, State of Zeta, chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha, yeah. the okay. club, you already know. Yeah. But uh, especially <laughs> in doing that, um, it broadened my networking, Yeah. right? So I wanted to surround myself with black men who were going to push me to do better. Mm-hmm. And that was just that. So that was one of the best decisions I made. So moving forward, uh, let's get to my senior year of football. Mm-hmm. I go back home for winter break. And... Um, I was bad, like injuries and stuff just beat up from football. So I was just like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this football. This is why I went to Dartmouth. I want to set myself up for the future. Yeah. So ultimately, that's when I made my decision to go to business school. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I knew, I was like, you know, testing the job market. And I was like, I want to get in business, but I don't really have that background. I'm a sociology major. I was like, you know what? I want to get into some MBA or MSM, MSM, some type of program yeah. to further that, build my foundation in data analytics finance. Okay. So ultimately, Searching through, I wanted to go to a school in Texas, mm-hmm. business school in Texas, and I ultimately wanted, okay, which one of these are going to take me fresh out of undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. So just doing a lot of research with some connections and things, SMU was the best choice. So studying my ass off, yeah. did the GREs, uh, submitted my applications, all that stuff, and then went home for spring break, had my interviews, and right before I went back to Dartmouth, got the call that I got in, so I was like, yo, we're... Yeah. So I'm like, cool, so spring semester, oh, man. Yeah, so, you have it already so, planned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I went back, had fun. Um, <laughs> had fun. You no, know, I had fun a little bit. You closed out your time there in a good yeah. way. so the thing is, when you play sports in college, there's yeah. a lot of things that you miss, like, during the year, because, like, you, it's a, when you play a sport, it's, like, year-round. Yeah. So you, get, you know, your breaks here and there, um, especially football. So, like, in the winter term, you know, we yeah. do winter workouts, spring, you do spring ball and other stuff. Yeah. Um, so now I really had a chance to road trip, see different things on the mm, East Coast. That makes sense. Things, meet some new people, network. Yeah. So I want to um, pause you real quick, because I know we're yeah. going to get to the entrepreneurial side of what you're going through, but... What happens, like, you know, so I I think what a lot of black men do, black men who are in athletics, is they put so much of their identity into, I have to make it via this lane. So what was that like for you when you had to kind of step back and regroup and say, okay, I know my limitations, and now I have to redirect my whole, like, life plan? Oh, it was crazy. So I actually went through that rebranding my first year in Dartmouth because even on full-fledged in the sports, like, you... At the time, Texas only had 0 to 5A. Now it's 6A now. So, South Carolina, we were big 5A. We're playing like 
big teams, all of that. So you have all these people at the games. You got Texas high school football. That's everything's mm, crazy. Yeah. Um, you go to Dartmouth now. It's like you barely have anyone in the stands unless it's homecoming <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, people on campus. You know, sometimes alumni. Yeah. And it's not like a major thing just because you're an athlete at an Ivy League school. That's not like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Automatic melting. So you know you get there. And you start to realize, what is my identity outside of sports? Mm. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had a come-into-self moment, come-to-Jesus moment, however you want to describe yeah. it. And it was just that I defined who I was, what my passions were, mm-hmm. and what made me happy, what excited me, what drove me every day mm-hmm. outside of football. Wow. Um, and at this time, actually, uh, shout-out to my LBs, actually. So my LB, Jason, he's from Long Island, New York. He didn't play football at Dartmouth. But he started to show me uh, the business aspect, right? So okay. he works for a century does consulting in New York. So he started to show me um, business, you know, life mm-hmm. after football. So that's how I started to, you know, that towards what yeah. And in my tail, um, JD, he played football with me. He was actually captain his fifth year, so he took a fifth year. So we okay. back captains, right? So I think I met him. Did I meet him? Yeah. Uh, Did he come up here? Oh, okay. No, no, no. You ain't met him yet. You ain't met him yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Hilarious. You're hilarious. Hilarious. Y'all hear that? So, he was from Southside Chicago. Okay. Um, he's going to med school and everything right now. Um, and that man, he really was very active in Dartmouth as mm. far as in the black community and being a black boy. So, he was the one who introduced me to black empowerment. Like, yeah. he started putting me on different books and everything. So, like, now I'm reading about Dr. Claude Anderson and Lee Fuller, yeah. and now I'm starting to understand politics more, you know, other yeah. stuff. So, they both showed me two aspects that mm. ultimately kind of drove my mindset. Yeah. So, what am I passionate about? How can I tangibly help black people? Wow. How can I find an identity outside of sports? And I love that. Yeah, so yeah. so that was that was creating the identity. So that's your why network like, oh. is your net worth. Exactly. People don't so, understand that. So what people gotta understand is sometimes you have to surround yourself mm. uh, with people who you know think like you and share similar interests, but people that yeah. you can learn from. Yeah, and I think that was the that was the biggest thing, especially with TZ. So with that chapter, I learned something different from every man mm. there that made me a better person, and that drove me to my purpose in life. Yeah. Um, so, to continue, that's, so, bam, so now you look at it, I graduated, uh, June 2017 from Dartmouth, okay. um, boom, August 8th, I'm right back in orientation, mm-hmm. right, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, <sighs> yeah. four years, uh, but in my mind state, I was like, y'all want to go, because I'm still in the mood for school, I don't want to take off, and yeah. I have nothing to lose, right, um, but the thing is, so SMU's in full-time MBA program, it's only about 120 students, mm-hmm. uh, so, now, now comes the age and experience gap, mm-hmm. right? So they take a lot of very experienced people, right? So you're in there with CPAs, investment bankers, real estate agents, like all types of things. And the median, like the, the mean age was like 28, 29. Okay. And you were and like, 20. I'm 22. I'm okay. 22 at the time, right? Okay. I'm, tw- oh, I'm just I'm asking. Time, <laughs> right? I'm trying to do a right? timer. So, I'm 22 at the time. So. I'm like, okay, so now I'm like, you're on know, orientation, okay, like all these people are like, have so much more experience than me in these mm-hmm. areas, like how do I strike up a conversation, like what do I say, what do they think about me, da, da, da. and it was amazing that I was comfortable in those environments talking to them about different things, so like mm-hmm. people come up to me and like, yo, I read your bio, you went to Dartmouth, you play sports, da, 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 da. Wow. and so now you're 
Now, in front of my class, it was three black people. Okay. Uh, so shout out to Andy Hillis. I'll tag them after this. Shout out to also my homegirl who's in there too. So, like, Andy, she, Andy's actually a Delta as well. She okay. plays at the University of Texas. So, okay. Andy, she's cool. Um, she was in there. Uh, my man Dre, Andy Hillis, he played football for UCF actually. Um, okay. the they're a lot older than me. Dre used to be in the military and stuff like that. So, you know, those, they, those two kind of took me under my wing and then, you know, some other people there as well. Okay. Um, but that's three we were close. So, there, now I'm starting to read up on different lingo, like in the room. Mm. So, now I'm starting to read up on stocks and bonds, trades, listen to different things. And you started code switching. Yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. A little okay, bit. just you know, just to understand the content. No, no, no. I'm saying sometimes <laughs> you have to kind of understand what, like, how you show up in the space and navigate, yeah. like, the politics of the space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, I kind of got some credentials education-wise. Yes. Um, of course, I came straight out of undergrad. It was me and just this one other um, girl that was in there. We came straight out of undergrad. She was the pepper dog. Okay. Um, so me, I'm like, okay, so I'm in here. Um, and just going through the classes, um, it was tough. So one thing I will say is Dartmouth had a, more of a course load, right, as far as homework and things we had to do. But SMU, um, it was harder for me because the course load wasn't that bad, but it was just catching up, building that building that learning gap, mm-hmm. that learning curve. Um, so at this point, uh, I wanted to get in the market. Mm-hmm. So I'm here, um, boom. I was like, I want to do marketing, I want to do consumer branding, like all this stuff, like advertising, all that. Um, so cool. So as I'm going through these processes and I'm doing interviews for my internship, right? So I'm working with the career center like three times a week, mm-hmm. doing market interviews, everything. The one thing that's keeping that's showing up is, you know, for MBA level internships and things like that, oh, you know, having a work experience. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like, it's run around the ringer here. So mm-hmm. okay. So then... I went to the National Black NBA Conference in fall of 2017. It was in Philly. So I went there. It was cool. I had a place to stay. All my frat brothers might be going to school with. Yeah. School. So going there, just having different interviews and just and just seeing how I fit in the corporate landscape I was. I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like, I feel like as since I was being punished for being overly ambitious, right? Mm. So in my eyes, I'm like, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to take a job. I'm not. I'm overly qualified for it just because you told me. To, yeah. Right. Just so I can work my way up to your standards. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to cuss on this podcast, but you know, yeah. I'm not <laughs> just be yourself. Just be yourself. Yeah. So that's when it really started to click. Okay. Right. So, boom. Um, so I'm still doing interviews. Still doing interviews. Like after the first semester, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just keep running through the ringer. Because at the time, I had a job as well. So I had class Monday through Thursday, and I worked at GNC, vitamin shop, like Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Okay. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, yo, so I'm got to go in, like, I'm thinking of working for myself. Because my uncle at the time let me start the business, uh, Recipes, from Carlton Fitzgerald, um, he, he was a retired entrepreneur. So him, him and my dad both played basketball at Texas Wesley. So this is mm-hmm. my godfather, known him, call him uncle. Right? So he was a retired entrepreneur. So, I did, so he was real big in alkaline water. Right, because years ago he had a battle with cancer. So since he recovered, he changed his diet, mm-hmm. style of living, everything. Mm-hmm. So he got me into it. So I'm like, cool. So I guess I'm into this now. I'm like, yo, I'm starting to look up water more. I'm starting to look at, you know, the contaminants in the drinking water. Um, Flint is also going down. Like, yeah. Oh, and side note to this day, Flint still doesn't really have clean water. Still, so yeah. That's good. Thank you for pulling that out. Yeah. Um. 
So I'm like, okay, this works. So now I'm starting to read more about black empowerment, black entrepreneurship. So I'm starting to read more books on black entrepreneurship, right? So like what route I can take. Yeah. Because still at this time, I'm about to turn 23 and I'm looking at it like, okay, I don't have any kid wife, I don't have any kids. So you have that I got, I, economic I know, freedom to do different things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still young. So I'm yeah. in business. So okay, I can go. I can push my body to the limit and see what I can do with mm. it on myself. So uh, it became a point. I'm not going to say SMU was a waste of time because I didn't get a job from it okay. because we all have our certain paths. Yeah. Um, I think me, and sometimes in places of frustration, I might say something like that, like yeah. school wasn't worth it, but at the same time, I had to go through that to break down the social yeah. norms and the constructs that I believe. Yeah. Uh, because I, I believe once all your ideas and reality is broken down in your head and you're forced to live a reality, that's when you find out who you are. Yeah, uh, I agree. So... Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? Okay, cool. So I started talking more and more about the alkaline water thing. So I'm like, okay, like, let's check it out. So then we started investigating more, doing stuff like that. We kind of did some market research, found a niche. And I think going to SMU, mm. I'd be wanting to do marketing and me actually being in that atmosphere. So now yeah. I, I can apply more and lean the into that. Yeah. Theme. Yeah, so that was so summer. So that's why I was like, you know, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just. So it's, it's a tangible, renewable, natural resource that mm-hmm. we can provide for the black community. Everybody's going to need water. And when everything hits the fan, mm-hmm. uh, more black people are going to get their water. And I was like, I can also influence you know, young entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, I can push black economics, all that. So I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So summer of, so basically August of 2018, mm-hmm. boom, so I registered a business name. And I started, and we started to go to work. And Uncle was like, as long as you put in the work and you can build the foundation he mm-hmm. said um no one else is going to understand the path that you're taking yeah um even um, you know at times he kind of didn't understand it because it was so much man work involved so yeah kind of like this was still kind of new to him and plus he was retired so he didn't own business for like some years since like the early 2000s mm-hmm. so like him kind of watching me jump back in the game and kind of um, kind of influencing everything it was uh, some things kind of hit new to him because now yeah. we're in the age of social media things are done differently yeah right um so we're pulling up to definitely yeah, this case is a water right so we pull up to farmers markets trade shows every wow. saturday and sunday setting up the tents setting up whatever we can do um doing everything mm-hmm. and entering my second year at smu i finished my marketing concentration and mm-hmm. i also started taking entrepreneurship and strategy courses mm-hmm. so now i'm working on elevator pitches i'm working on business plans mm-hmm. i'm working on learning all this stuff right to yeah. ahead of the curve so ultimately we found our location december of 2018 okay I started building out and then i graduated from smu may 2019 my mba yeah i remember and that moment yeah, she wasn't there, by the way, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't invited, but I do remember on social media how you celebrated. First of all, y'all, she swears she's going to come to Texas if she's invited. I, I have been to Texas multiple times. I just haven't exactly. been to Dallas. There we go. There we go. Boom, we got it. There it is. So, back to graduation celebrating. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's so what's 20. Back to gradu- <laughs> hey, so back to graduation. So I graduated May 2019. I'm an MBA. Okay. And then uh, just kept building, kept building out. So then ultimately opened up my shop uh, August 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, LLC, my company, and everything. Wow. And the struggles of actually being a black business owner is yeah. um, 
I was just gonna ask you that. Yeah, talking about that. We finance that. Uh, everything ourselves, basically. So it's part oh, that's of awesome. Refund checks and all that stuff because banks uh, they're gonna hit you with certain things. So it's not that easy to get a bank loan. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're a black person. Um, so some banks are gonna hit you with um, you haven't shown any profit. Some banks are gonna hit you with oh, you need at least two, three years of tax returns to open a, to get a bank loan from yeah. us and look at the interest rates and all that stuff. So a lot of wow. a lot of barriers in your way. A lot of loopholes. Exactly. Yeah. So and even open up this shop, you no. Know, a lot of people didn't understand what the shop was, so it was hard for them to, Buy in. to approve mm -hmm. everything. Like, it took me a long time to get inspection done. They had to constantly come in and look at the plumbing. And mm. things took a long Things start taking a long time. Yeah. And then, of course, in the summer, you get here with 4th of July weekend. Yeah. There's so much stuff that you're starting to understand the process of why black people yeah. it's hard for them to open a business. So, wow. um, starting the business, things are starting to go. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, Unc, uh, he caught pneumonia like in in uh like in the fall of 2019 okay and then ultimately right before christmas he went to the icu and then things started getting worse and worse last time we saw him right before covid and then he died in may sorry wow. so, i'm sorry to hear so, that i did not know that but i'm glad he saw like just the work and dedication that you had to the business yeah, with him yeah yeah definitely definitely it's crazy because you see somebody like right before quarantine start because he's yeah i see we can't go in there yeah and then the next time you see him is like months later he's in the casket right so yeah. i think that moment i was like undid what he was supposed to do as far as mm -hmm. leaving a legacy and yeah. with me mm -hmm. and passing something down and now even though it's hard like it's a struggle as far as business expenses yeah. capital um even during quarantine since i'm even though i was open as an essential business mm -hmm. i didn't qualify for any of the loans or yeah. any none of that stuff right yeah. so just difficulty of maintaining to stay that. afloat but, yeah 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 and just staying afloat and keep going but at the end of the day you know uh, what you're doing is for yourself and for the greater good yeah and you know you have a positive impact on the community um sometimes i don't understand since i'm in it right i'm just like yeah it's on this but yeah i don't see the impact because yeah. so many people come to me and like yo we're proud of you yo, you inspire me to do this like yo you're really out here doing it like yeah you got a whole community now looking up alkaline water and health yeah and, and, that's and powerful yeah yeah so wow now, oh my god brandon you just are saying so i like i I'm like, every question that I have written down for you, you're just answering them so eloquently. So I'm just so grateful. But I want to stop you because you said so many good nuggets and jewels that I want to like kind of hone in on with you. So why do you think entrepreneurship is important for black people, but specifically black men? Like what do you, what, what impact have you seen entrepreneurship on your life and just on your community? Yeah, so definitely. So as far as black men who are the leaders of their household and you're the leader of a family, you have a staple point in this community. And one third of us are in jail. The other ones were considered deadbeat dads and X, Y, and Z. I understand our black sisters have our, their struggles too. And one of these days, black men and black women, we have to sit down and have a serious conversation about how we can help each other yeah. uh, without the involvement of white people or the court system. Yeah. So that is important for black men to be the stronghold leaders because especially through entrepreneurship, because you're starting to teach self-empowerment to everybody in the community, and you're mm -hmm. teaching everyone how to circulate the black dollar, um, how to stand up for their own, yeah. how to see the importance of black people, of, black, of each other. Yeah. So I feel like as black men, especially since we are always 
sometimes put up on the forefront, whether it's athletics or rapping and things like that. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be the face of so many things, um, why not do something that's very positive for the black community yeah. and recycles the black dollar and it's very beneficial to everybody and inspires the next generation. Yeah. Um, and it's just that, that figurehead of just the man and what he embodies in a community. Yeah. And then that, that just trickles down and it's contagious amongst everybody. Yeah. And I just feel like if we elevate, <clears throat> of course, the black man and the black woman, um, then we improve relations between both. We improve yeah. black families and it goes from there. Yeah, it's just a, it's a cycle. Everything is connected to each other. I'm yeah. so glad you said something about circulating the black dollar, though, because I don't know if you watch Lovecraft Country. It's my favorite oh, show. Oh, okay. Oh, did you not watch it Sunday? I didn't have time Sunday to watch it. Okay. Okay, I'm not. Oh, okay. I won't ruin it, but I will say they touch on, like, um, the Tulsa Massacre, which we know is where the Black Wall Street was. So, do you think that with us in this space where we are as a country, like the socioeconomic culture, like the climate, that we can get back to that space? Or are we having to rely solely like on social media platforms to build awareness of black businesses like yours? I feel like uh, right now, especially during quarantine, where not a lot of people are allowed to go out, social media is big. Yeah. Right? So, Let's look at Popeyes, for example. Mm-hmm. Popeyes didn't spend a dollar on marketing for chicken sandwiches they had for over a decade. Yeah. So been on the menu, <laughs> right? So they just capitalized yeah. off that. So like, why, why can't we do that on our own? Mm-hmm. So now, as you see, since everybody spends time on social media anyway, and they feel like it's not real unless it's on social media, yeah. where relationships and different things go, social media can be a strong tool if y'all gonna be on there anyway yeah so if we have these social media groups i know there's a big business black businesses in dallas groups with like hundreds of thousands of people that's the easiest way to communicate because yeah. of social media you can post videos you have people who have reviews you have mm-hmm. pictures you have different mm-hmm. things like that and i feel like that's a great platform yeah and of course when everybody's out being able to be out out you know again yeah then being in person now we can do the black trade shows black farms yeah do different black expos and stuff like that but since we're in a different digital age and things are a lot more reliable on the phone so to speak um and it's easy just to record where you at share it Mm -hmm. um, record your reaction to something yeah um Quick message in between you and the uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's very acceptable, and that can create something like a Black Wall Street, right? Mm. So we understand, um, of course, how the banking system works, how redlining works, how commercial business things works. Um, We can figure it out, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not here to say that there's one definite answer, but I'm still searching on how to do it. So uh, one book I recommend everybody should read uh, by Dr. Claude Anderson is called Poweronomics, right? Where he talks about the floors of success. Poweronomics. He talks about yeah, Powernomics by Dr. Claude Anderson. So I, I read that heavily, um, and I'm rereading it. So And he's talking a lot about why black economics and group economics works, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like when we get to recirculating the black dollar, then we're more reliable on ourselves. We, as a people, will then uh, help produce more natural resources and be able to sustain and live on our own without mm-hmm. the influence of white culture, yeah. so white supremacy and all that stuff. So yeah. the further we break away from that, the better there will be and the more set us up for the long run. People yeah. don't understand is we drive consumerism everywhere. Oh, most definitely. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Latest fashion trends, music, sports. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, like yeah. um and I feel like that's the way to go. Yeah. I so, agree. So yeah. I love yeah. that. So I, Okay, so 
you talked about, you know, just the impact of going and getting your master's. And I think a lot of people are caught up on this notion of I have to have a master's or I have to have a doctorate or I have to have some type of degree to validate my experience. And as I'm saying... And I know you're, I know we think the same way about that. Like, I'm in my doctoral program now, and I'm just seeing how, yes, I am validated on paper, right, by educators, practitioners, and you are too, like, in your field. But it really matters when you're able to take that information and give it back to your community. So what has that experience been like for you to be able to say, hey, I can host a webinar or a workshop on, you know, you just told me about the book, Poweronomics or whatever like that. So how have you seen that play out for you? Oh, so I've seen that, especially doing different Zoom things. And as far as I spoke with, um, with the black students at Dartmouth. Oh, wow. How was that? It was cool. So, like, okay. the Deltas at Dartmouth, uh, Deltas again, they had Dartmouth, they had kind of, like, <laughs> they uh, kind of co-hosted with the AM and just different okay. things. Um, kind of, well, that of, like, association at Dartmouth. Uh, so, alumni. So, basically, kind of co- coordinated a week where they kind of did new web seminars and different things like that. So, just me speaking with them, and I appreciate them, appreciate Dartmouth College you know, for giving me the opportunity to speak back mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people uh, want to know the story. Yeah. And a lot of people want to know that somebody, just a normal person um, from Grand Prairie, Texas, can do it. Yeah. How do you do it? And I think it's very important for us to give the information back because us, we, I was growing up, I would have saw somebody from Grand Prairie, Texas, um, who was starting their own business or something like this, and I could talk to them, right? Because kids need to see more than just athletes or entertainers mm-hmm. um, doing different things. I'm like, you, know, you can make a positive impact on society. You can make money. You can be somebody. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to do those things. And yeah. I feel like as black people, we're forced to just certain realms. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and we feel like we're failures if we don't succeed in those realms, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you, and you're, not, you're not. So I feel like it's very important to give back to educate these people at a younger age mm-hmm. for, them to, for you to tell them um, you're a resource for them to talk to because you might have been through or going through mm-hmm. things that I've been through, right? Yeah. And just for you to know that on the other side you can have hope um, mm-hmm. and somebody that's not going to sugarcoat it for you as well. Yeah. So I think it's real important as far as the motivational and symbolism mm-hmm. piece, but also somebody that can proactively tell you something that you can put into action. Yeah. Yeah, that probably was a full circle moment for you. I know, like, with Sister Sogo doing these things, it's like, oh, wow, like, you know, I have the opportunity to share where I was maybe three years back, and I see somebody, and I'm talking to them. I'm like, wow, I can use my experience, my leverage, my platform to better help and serve you. It's not about me, even though we get the access right. You talked about access and opportunity earlier, which a lot of people don't have but i think you know exposure is very important for our community so that we can understand how to elevate ourselves in different spaces so we talk about covid and just how much it's changed every aspect of our life so how do you stay motivated not just as an entrepreneur right because you've had hits to your business i'm sure but just as a black person in America, like, how are you taking care of yourself? Especially being yeah. in Dallas, which I know me and you have talked about before, just being so racially charged with all yeah. of the things going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, things were fired up, right? So, the mm-hmm. whole A.T. Tatiana Jefferson thing happened in Fort Worth. Yeah. Spoken John happened in that old case. Um, and then she's going for an appeal, too. So, you know what that happened. Yeah. That means a lot went down, of course, with the protests and the riots down here in Dallas. Um, so 
So the way I kind of stay, stay motivated and stay level-headed is one of the things is a lot of that stuff, um, I'm able to internalize it and turn it into, you I got to do what's best for my people yeah. and not let that emotionally get me down so much to the point where I feel defeated because I know my history of black people. Mm-hmm. So I know what we've overcome and I know how strong we are and I know that we can defeat this. I know we can replace the system. So like the thing is, um, of course, Neely Fuller, Fred, Dr. Neely Fuller, yeah. Francis Quest Wilson, um, Dr. Uh, John, John Henry Clark, of the main thing that they often say is, you know, you want to replace the white the system of white supremacy with justice and create a network of empowerment and protection mm-hmm. globally for black people. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the end goal. And it can't happen. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, what do you expect to happen when you just continuously beat somebody for mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of years? Yeah. Right? And I mean, black people, man, we, we, we're not going to take that. Yeah. Right? We're tired. And like we built this yeah. country. If you know your history, and that's why I feel like it's very important to know your history. Like, yeah. go watch all the Hidden Color films about Tariq Rashid, um, go read books, mm-hmm. and just, like, for me, I just know where I come from, and I know that spirit. Like, I know the spirit of Ogun and just different things. I know I know all that is in me. I know my ancestors didn't fight and sacrifice yeah. for me to just sit here and just fold yeah. at the sight of a white man with the Confederate flag, yeah. right? Like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm more than that, Yeah. right? And... If you're gonna die, you gotta die for something. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I, I want to know that I put in as much work as I could for Black empowerment, um, so that the next generation mm-hmm. better. Right. So, because I, I don't want a whole another repeat in this fifty years from now. Yeah. And like we're we're older, and we're saying, well, we could have did that, we could have done that. No. No. So we like, did so what that, we that could that really do. Yeah. Going. Yeah. So that yeah. really keeps me going. That keeps the inner motivation because at the same time, if you're a black person in the United States of America, it's two things you can't really be afraid of. You can't be afraid to go to jail, and you can't be afraid to die mm. because those two things of fear just kind of keep a lot of people bottom. Now I'm just I'm not saying go. Wild, yeah, yeah, wild, yeah. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. You should keep that warrior mentality. I think that. That keeps me going mm-hmm. because at times at the south things get to me. I'm, we're human, right? We got yeah. emotions and everything, but I just remember like y'all gotta keep going. Yeah, like like failure isn't an option because if I stop, they win. Yeah, like if I <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Um, if I stop, they win, and I'm and what happens to the little kid that's looking up to me that comes in, the little black kid that comes in, like boy or girl that comes in with their parents every time and they just see me and they're like, yo, like, you see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's just a lot, it's just a lot that really just keeps me going and at times, like, I don't know even what's in me, it's like that little voice in my head just, yeah. just saying, like, that's just like, don't, like, so many people invest in so much in you, so many people believe don't quit. in you, so, yeah. and, and just, and I just want anybody here to know, like, hey, even though if you feel like you don't have anybody who invests in you, mm-hmm. not only financially, but like physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, yeah. um, find some people who do, Yeah. and it's just people out there that care about you, but it's people, it's people out there that want to see you win, so it's yeah. people, it's people who keep me grounded a lot, like, I can ask people that put their put they foot in my ass, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, people that put their foot in my ass, yeah. Know? That's what that's what keeps me going. So uh, yeah. being part of this whole entrepreneurship thing, um, black empowerment, just being yourself, being the best person they self, surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you every day to be the best person they self. Yeah, I love that, and I think that you're such a great example of what it is to kind of like defy the odds and like you know reshifting, reframing, and looking at everything as an opportunity essentially. But I'm I I am 
I, w I have to be honest and say that I feel like not only are black people tired right now, but I think, you know, we talk about like mental health. So mental health like is on the rise. I think people are becoming more aware of what depression, what anxiety looks like. And when we're dealing with something like being socially isolated from our support system, from our mentors, from our family, our friends, like people feel like when they look on social media and see you, oh my God, like Brandon's still doing this. He's he's doing this. Tyler's making a podcast. This person's doing this. So how do we as black people kind of like combat that feeling of productivity means success? Productivity means like I'm doing well in life and instead yeah. like incorporate different coping strategies maybe. Yeah, so, so one thing about a lot of people hit me with that but I'm in the back of my mind it's like yo, I'm struggling like every day with yeah. business. Like no money, no sleep, mm. struggling sometimes you don't even know how you're going to make it. So yeah. uh, I think if people, more so people knew the reality of how things were and just yeah. like yo, I'm struggling like everybody else but at the same time know that there's open lines of communication between you and people who are out there. Yeah. So, like, I tell anybody, like, yo, y'all can message me, y'all can call me, my yeah. phone's number's still been the same since the sixth grade, <laughs> y'all can pull up to the shop, same. don't really pull up unannounced like that, yeah. not gonna cop, but, like, you know, but, like, you have to create that open line of communication, yeah. like, y'all can talk to me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not switching up, I'm not Hollywood, and I think from a mental aspect, you need to know, like, yo, Brandon's doing his thing, but also I can reach out to him and talk to him, he's still a normal person, mm -hmm. so whatever's going on, I understand what he's going through, yeah. and I know mental health-wise, especially with being isolated now, a lot of people have time to sit and think, yeah. so you don't have a lot of distractions or coping mechanisms, and if you're looking at Instagram, mm -hmm. um, I think why mental health is on the rise nowadays with social media is because yeah. you can do directly compare yourself in yeah. life to other people's yeah. without knowing what's going on, right? So mm -hmm. a woman will sit there and see all these Instagram models not knowing that she has been nipped and tucked in yeah. surgeries and you don't know what she's been through mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, you like just understand, yo, women, you have more value than your body. Yeah. And I think if for as a mental aspect, man, like, damn, like, I don't have all these women, I don't have the cars, like, I don't have the Balenciagas, like, I don't yeah. have this, I don't have the jewels, like, I don't have all that, and then, but you, but you got to understand a lot of stuff is for show, yeah. and a lot of stuff they don't own, and everybody's on a different chapter, and mm -hmm. I know nowadays it's hard because you can directly compare yourself to other people, yeah. but... You can't, you can't let that get to you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel I think I, you should go back to, even if it's just FaceTime and Zoom in with your support system, always know what other people are doing. Yeah. Always know what your loved ones are doing. But also, you can use social media, in effect, to set benchmarks for yourself. That's good. To just be like, yo, if, if I aspire and I want that, like, I can go get it. Like, yeah. so sometimes, like, I'll, I use social media for motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll see other people's pages or other people's something I was like yo like I'm gonna go get like you know yeah. I'm gonna go get it yeah um and I think from a mental health aspect I, I'm not sure cause I everybody suffers from different stuff yeah right so everybody needs to take time and it to be important cause it can ruin your life right mm -hmm. so I went through stages where mental health was a big thing mm -hmm. even to this day I oftentimes don't know how to cope with it yeah um and I think one of these days you know, I'm going to keep searching, keep networking, and find ways to get through it. But I think as black people, go go talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, like, like therapy, therapy is good. Yeah. Is, is, is real. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not alone. Because we have so much trauma. Like, we were, we were captured and thrown on slave ships yeah. in, 
as soon as we hit the ground here yes that has generational had, effects yes, yeah we've had a battle with white supremacy so we yeah. have untapped family generational curses mm. from the slave plantations that were never dealt yeah with. We, we left the plantation yeah we're either sharecropping or getting caught that's where they made the police yeah and then you go from that to jim crow and Civil rights, like uh, it just goes on and goes on. So yeah. black people, we black people, uh, we understand. Uh, you fuck, we're fucked up. Yeah, we're fucked up as a people. <laughs> Right. No, I mean, and but then, honestly, we have to really heal from that, and we can't do that if we don't know our love languages, if we don't know yeah. what, what spaces that we're in mentally, physically, yeah. or emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the material tangibles, of course, they got to be there, right? Yeah. We're in capitalism. Every communication, everything is done by a transaction, right? Yeah. So you got to get your brain up. You got to hustle. You got to do that. But don't lose the ability to connect with somebody mentally, yeah. spiritually, emotionally. Don't yeah. don't lose the ability to nurture, to care for somebody, yeah. right? Don't lose the ability to talk through problems. Use mm-hmm. your words. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a lot of things, it, it happens, um, especially talking about men-women relations. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, men will, you know, a woman will say, yo, it's not your words, it's your actions, right? Mm. So a man will just do, do, do. Yeah. And then sometimes when a woman... But not even be um, connected to the why. Yeah. 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 So, then, so then when you sit down and you need to have a conversation with him, mm. he doesn't know how to use his words because it's mm. not a requirement, right? And it's another thing, you know, we got to understand women, you're led more by your emotions. Yeah. And you're led more by your instincts and your actions in mm. some type of way. You're going to have to connect with different people on different backgrounds. Yeah. It's like, I... I do business with different women. Uh, shout out to my homegirl, Candace, at Faithfield CMOS. She does CMOS, right? So, mm-hmm. boom, I just didn't communicate with her. Her husband's a cool dude, too. Shout out to the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, and just communicate with just, like, different people on, yeah. different, on different minds and different assets. We were just at least doing business, right? Yeah. So, I feel that, that, needs to, uh, that needs to be a next step as yeah. far as, of course, we can do two things can happen at once or three. Like, we can do black economics we can yep. replace white supremacy and we can learn how to connect each other with yeah. each other on a different level yeah um rebuilding the so, black family i love that yeah 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 yes yeah. So, you know we rely on people like you were in touch with their with their inner Ooh. chakras and <laughs> and, 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 i'm trying to get a line you know <laughs> no but you're right but see that's why we empower each other because and I, I i wish that there were more conversations like this between black men and black women where it's not like oh we're just talking about what's wrong with each other but no i'm actually seeking to understand as opposed to being understood you get what i'm saying so i learned a lot from you tonight i know everybody learned a lot from you i'm thankful that you shared your wisdom and your experience with us so you talk a lot about black empowerment. Can you maybe list three books or three podcasts or whatever that you want our community to listen to this month during their free time? Um, so my first one, uh, Jason Black, uh, he's, he does black empowerment. He's on YouTube, right? So okay. uh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, so one of it is called The Black Channel. That's where he does a lot of politics and in-depth looks. It's called The Black Channel mm-hmm. on YouTube. His, his second um, podcast is called The Business, right? So that's where he talks about social power dynamics, relationships, men, women, relations, and all that. So 
check those two out the black channel in the business another thing um here's books to read of course you have dr claude anderson's powernomics mm -hmm. teaches you about the floors group economics and building mm -hmm. um another thing is dr francis chris welsing has the isis papers mm -hmm. he was the first person to help idealize that white supremacy is based off of genetics and saving the race and she goes way back wow. she studied her whole life um in the isis papers read mm -hmm. that 100% game also dr neely fuller um please read the compensatory code the compensatory the compensatory code yeah and brother is really it was deep in that book so those so of course jason black uh the Black Channel and his other channel, The Business, okay. and the three books, Powernomics, The Compensatory Code, and the ISIS Papers. Read those. Okay. And uh, and then we'll be and, like at your level of Black economic empowerment. You're you're an expert, okay. just like you said. I'm an expert in my field. <laughs> and here she goes. She put unwanted pressure on me, so here she goes. <laughs> No, I love that you say that. I might have to type it up and tag people, tag these people so that we can know. And hopefully, like, our listeners go and get that. So thank you so much, Brandon, for squeezing me into your schedule. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so glad that we got to catch up tonight. Yes, yes. Shout out to the black women out there. Keep doing your thing. Y'all are amazing. Shout out to Mr. Soglo, Sister Soglo. Shout out to Tyler herself as the person, as the woman. She's cool people. She gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> She's very petty. Um, and y'all, I'm 25. I'm not 18. Yes. As she may try to tell you. Um, she swears I'm a top. Oh, Lord. Um, so, yeah, she's like too much. Uh, but no, she's good people, great people. Uh, Thank you for that. Some, um, we were connected by some great people. Yeah. And shout to Blaze. Shout out to my man. Harold. I miss Blaze. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to my man Blaze. Man, good people, good people. Good people. And um, yeah, I enjoy really being on here anytime. Yeah. Be back. We'll shout have you back. Name. For sure. Oh, uh, I, I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, hey. Give me, well, follow, also, follow me on. Yes, Instagram, please tell them your handles. At, at, at Water Tree USA mm -hmm. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is my business at Water Tree USA, W A T E R T R E E U S A. Mm -hmm. And also follow my personal pages on Instagram and Twitter at Jet underscore affiliated. Um, I do follow back. I'll tag you so people can find you eat more easily too. Oh, it's just the soul glow. She's getting everybody cloud up. Appreciate it. Well, thank uh, you I'm, I'm so proud much. I'm proud oh of you. Oh, my gosh. Really? Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're just such a great alpha man. So it's always good when the fire and ice connect. <laughs> Here we go. I wasn't even trying to go there. I know, but you kept saying references about deltas all night. So I just had to end it on the good note. You know. I appreciate it. <laughs> she, she actually has something positive to say about me. Of course. So I'll text you later, and I hope everybody else has a good night.